Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining the Swim Bros podcast today. This episode was very enjoyable, very comical, and a lot of fast and loose comments, statements, and conversation aspects we engage with with our guest this week for episode 64, Mike White, the newly anointed assistant coach at Alabama Swim and Dive. I really enjoyed getting to know Mike, getting to hear his journey, how he went from burnout to bliss in Bama, and especially as a local Arizona man growing up in Gilbert really understood what Arizona State started out as long before I even knew where Arizona State was even at so really cool full circle moment for me really enjoyed getting to connect with Mike and some great sections at the end of the podcast with our fan favorite sections hot takes you like that and lane line ratings but before we get into the episode you know a lot of our loyal listeners been there from the bottom now we're here started from episode one all the way 63 episodes later. Can you believe it, folks? Sometimes I can't. But wanted to celebrate our first sponsor of the podcast officially. Erica Biney and Biney Wellness Testing. Mention that House sent you, and Erica and her staff will understand completely what that means. You'll save $175 off on any genetic testing and services with Erica. You'll get a better understanding of your health, wellness, and how to nourish your body fully. So thank you. Excited about our first sponsor. And Please enjoy the show. Let's fly together, fly together, fly together. You can be my love, sweet love. No, your pretty feathers, it don't matter the weather. Just you and me together, we'll fly, 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 fly forever. Let's fly together, fly together, fly together. You can be my love, sweet love. No, your pretty feathers, it don't matter the weather. Just you and me together, we'll fly, 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 fly forever. Welcome, swimmers, swammers, ladies and gentlemen, mothers, fathers, and all those in between. Thank you for joining the Swim Bros podcast today. We have an electric episode today, folks. We have seven-time Atlantic Tan champion, NCAA Division I program, St. Bonaventure, just to start off the list. 2014 A-10 conference team title, three years volunteer assistant at Division Three school in central Pennsylvania. He spent the 2022-2023 season as an assistant senior coach in Madison, Wisconsin, at the Aquatic Club there, and also as a volunteer assistant with the University of Wisconsin, as we've had many other previous guests on the podcast already. And he also helped lead that Wisconsin team on the women's side to the best NCAA finish they've had since 2017 and the men's team scoring the most points ever at the Big Ten Championships. So on Wisconsin, and now now is his most recent title, in title town as an assistant coach at Alabama. So now on Wisconsin, now roll tide. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome us and joining Mike White. Mike White, thank you for joining the podcast today. Wow. I've never had an intro like that. That was, uh, you nailed it right off the tee. Loved it. Got to <laughs> set the table before you have the meal, right? Got to have, got to have that. So <laughs> Um, and it, 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 it's deservingly so, deservingly so. You've got you've got quite the history. I'm I'm excited to learn more about it. I'm excited to hear the journey. And uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. If you're coming on the show, we gotta we gotta make sure the people know we're just not bringing schlubs on here. We're bringing top <laughs> top tier, man. I mean, look at that mustache, folks. Wow. Like that's wow, gonna make me blush here, Grant. <laughs> good, good, good. Matches the uh, the crimson. I think that's that's what it would be crimson down there yeah, now. Crimson red, baby. Awesome, awesome. So. Before we get into some things, kind of kind of loosen up, get some fast-pacedness to it, um, we're going to rip some 
a couple a uh, couple through just rapid fire questions here um let the listeners get to know you a little bit more before you're just accolades um and so these answers whatever you want to say responses probably keep them under under like a let's say under a 50 50 the 50 free record so seven under under 17 nine seconds to respond to these um they don't have to be too much in depth we can touch them later but um if there's one that really grips you we can go into it but we'll uh we'll see we'll see how it goes all right sounds great let it rip all right pancakes or waffles waffles best meal of the day breakfast easy working out upper body or lower body <laughs> shout out to trevor upper body chest no doubt good man good man uh for a vacation would you rather go to the beach or to the mountains beach for sure yeah good call where is the best pool you've ever been to hmm wow that's a tough one best pool i've ever been to oh man yeah i don't know i probably have to go i love irvine just the double 50 meter mm. like, weather's always great it's fast like it's i don't know california swimming is uh is it is pretty special especially when it has that big of meats there all the time so probably yeah. i don't know irvine irvine i can agree one of the nicer pools i've ever been to and it's a high school pool so that's yeah, just yeah, right. that's yeah. yeah. um favorite music and or favorite artist um i don't know I, the kids just asked me this this morning too uh i love i, I always go back to hip-hop i i listen to everything like one day I'll be driving, listening to the country with my windows down. The next day I'll be listening to the 90s hip hop. Um, but probably favorite artists always end up going back to Mac Miller. Like just Wow. RP. Wow. He's I was listening to some Blue World the, yesterday on the ride, on the ride home from, from practice. Wow. Uncanny. Uncanny. So we got some Tyler Childers, it sounds like, all the way to, to Ludacris. Sounds okay. like. Yeah. Yeah. All absolutely. Right. Good spectrum. Like the range. Um, favorite sport. Favorite sport, man, it's got, I mean, swimming, but uh, outside of swimming, I mean, football for sure. Yeah, awesome. Favorite dessert? Oh, man, dude, that's, I don't discriminate. Uh, I don't know. Dude, a pizuki? I mean, you have you had one in Arizona? Is that yeah, big yeah they're, big, they're big out here. Yeah, they're big. So, yeah, it's a, for those who don't know, it's a melted, like, kind of, baked cookie inside of a, like a little dish, like a cast iron skillet with a scoop of ice cream on top. It's delicious. It's delicious. Lane line, early lane line rating, 10 out of 10. Um, yeah. Probably not the most health conscious, but oh man, it, it slaps. Calories don't count. On, uh, not in Pazuki land. Not in, <laughs> in Pazuki land. Uh, favorite animal. Favorite animal. Oh man. Probably, I mean, dogs kind of chalk. It's kind of a chalk pick. Um, yeah. Huge dog fan. If I'm going not dog, oh man, gotta go. I don't know. It's like a lion or some boring answer. But uh, oh, yeah. king of the dogs? dogs? That ain't boring. That ain't boring. Come on, you made Lion King. That's like one of the best movies of all time, dude. Come yeah. on, don't tell yourself short here. <laughs> uh we only got a couple more uh obviously we heard the accolades 14 time but relay or individual which event do you like more um are you asking like which what they were or which what, what i which, oh, uh, which, oh which relays. Event, yeah which event do you like more relays all day baby that 200 medley to start off don't even get me started That's yeah dude. 
Uh, morning practice or afternoon practice? Oh, man. As a coach, afternoon. Um, as an athlete. No, actually, no. Excuse me. As a swimmer, afternoon. As a coach, morning. I was going to say, I was like, is it yeah. athlete you like Yeah, no. Athlete, I want, never want to go in the morning. Okay, good. And the, uh, and the last one, dual meets. Should they be suited or unsuited? Ooh, you know, you would have talked to 2016, Mike. I would have said, like, we should all be swimming with lead swimsuits at, at uh, dual meets. You talk to, like, Coach Mike now. Um, I don't think you should race slow. So uh, I'm, I'm a pro suit and dual meets. Bars. And, folks, that is what we call growth. That's what we call <laughs> growth right there. That's, uh, that's a great way. That's, I'm, you know, we could, we could just chalk the podcast up to that at, the, at this point. Um, but that is a great segue. Uh, hope everyone enjoyed getting to getting to know Mike a little bit more. I did. I love those, um, especially the last one there. Good man, good man on that front. And uh, so now, now that we've kind of got those like hidden, just those hit or hit or miss questions there, uh, Mike, where where did your journey start? Where did it go? Uh, obviously, we know you're an athlete and a coach, but how did you go into St. Bonaventure as an athlete? How did you get there? Are you from that part of the country? And you know, just kind of drive us through the process to end up in the chair you're in now down in Town. Roll Tide. Yeah, Roll Tide. Um, yeah, so I don't You actually might not even know this. I am actually from Gilbert, Arizona. Wow. Okay, so we got a local, local yeah, legend yeah. here. I, I knew well about Sun Devil swimming before you were around. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, I grew up in, like, Gilbert, Arizona, kind of moved all around Phoenix, but... Um, yeah, so grew up there and then, uh, you know, swam a couple different clubs out there. Shout out to Arizona gold. Um, and a lot of people don't even know what that is, but, uh, there, um, yeah, they were, they, we were the real deal back then, <laughs> or at least we thought we were. Um, but so from there, uh, yeah, just didn't really look at any schools out East and, um, eventually I, I can't even remember how it really started, but Sean McNamee, the, the coach there. Um, he reached out to me and we kind of kept the conversation rolling and, um, yeah, no, I, uh, it's the only school out East that I, I really looked at. Um, and I told my dad, I didn't even want to go on a, on a recruiting visit there. And, um, yeah, eventually, uh, decided, yeah, I'll take the trip and, um, had a blast. Had it. Did I lose you? You there? No, just just letting oh. you talk. Just letting you talk. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. All good. All good. Way. Um, but yeah, so took the trip, fell in love. Uh, smallest division one school in the country. Uh, big time basketball for such a small school. The athletics are actually fairly competitive from a mid-major perspective. Um, and uh, but no, just fell in love with the team there. Sean McNamee ran that program for like 25 years, I think, 26 years. And um, really built a really unique um, environment that I don't think a lot of universities have um, really seen or anything that I've really seen. Um, so uh, did a phenomenal job there, learned a lot, um, and uh, yeah, graduated, um, stayed another year, and uh, got my got my master's there. And um, from there, I uh, yeah decided to get out of the sport for a little bit. Um, I always knew I kind of wanted to be a coach, but um, yeah, I think it was kind of a, a, a good time in my life to, I don't know, branch out, 
try something different, learn lessons, meet new people, travel to different spots. Maybe I won um, coaching. So I, uh, yeah, I moved back home for a little bit, got a job uh, working on a golf course. The course I actually grew up swimming um, at that country club and, and uh, it was the best like two month job you could ask for. Uh, just was a car barn guy. So it was amazing. Um, but then, yeah, I got a job selling insurance. Uh, so um, moved to uh, Minnesota for nine months and, and freeze my butt off and, and pretty much got a degree in, in insurance for it was a nine month training program, which was long, but it was fun. It was just a bunch of, it was like 16 guys in my class are all former athletes and it was a good time. But uh, from there, moved to State College, Pennsylvania, where my sales territory was and uh, got a, uh, yeah, I mean, really, I mean, insurance was not for me but i really did enjoy the job the job at the end of it like it's um the grind i mean it was an outdoor sales job so i was on the road from eight to four every single day uh five days a week um just uh yeah selling business and life insurance and um it was hard but it was good it taught me a lot that i don't think i ever would have learned if i went right into coaching um so loved loved that experience but knew pretty early on it wasn't for me um, that's where I was volunteering with Juniata college. Um, so that was kind of my, I mean, I had, I started my own, le um, uh, lessons business in like college and, and then a little bit after, and I've still kind of done it to this day. Um, and so r really, really enjoy that. Um, there's another way to just make some money. Um, but yeah, so I was, that was kind of my initial taste into coaching, I guess. And then at Juniata, I was, um, yeah, just volunteering whenever I could. So working like 60 plus hours a week and trying to get on deck as much as I could. To, um, I don't know. I just loved it. So I used to get up crack of dawn on Saturday after working all week. And I was, I was happy to be there. Um, but yeah, so after I quit my job, um, I didn't really have a plan. I just knew it was going to be in coaching or at least in swimming. I actually thought about uh, starting a swim podcast. Um, believe it or not. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I, uh, yeah, I was like, I literally had the text typed to Kyle Sockwell actually, cause we had been crossed paths like numerous times and I always liked him and, um, we follow each other on Twitter and we talk on Twitter every once in a while and stuff. But I literally was like this close to me like, dude, you want to start a podcast? And then he right. goes off and does his thing, starts his YouTube page. And I was like, ah, what could have been? There we go. We were, we're there's levels to this stuff, folks. There's there's yeah. always levels to this. And also on on that note, um, I'd like to think that Kyle Sockwell got his inspiration for his podcast from the Swim Bros podcast. Sources are saying that my Some DMs people. are filling up with that, asking about that every day. Um, but uh, but I was actually on Kyle's podcast. The uh, the it was going to be the first episode. It was myself and Julian Hill, yeah. and. We did the recording, but the the hardware crashed, and so the entire oh. dude, we, it was so tragic. It was like an hour and twenty, and we were. It was a great episode. Like we had. Wow. Um, this is like the first thing that comes to mind. But we had Family Feud references. Uh, Steve Harvey was a main topic somehow. Wow. It broke the internet. Yeah, it would. I'm glad I don't even say I say less on my regard. Yeah, and uh, and then we get a text later, and he's like, "Sorry, guys, the uh, the recorder crashed." And I was like, "Man, 
I've uh, my brother and I with this podcast, we've been there many a times before. I think our first three, the audio was corrupted, the audio file. So mm -hmm. it's uh, it's just a growing pain, just a growing pain. But uh, great, great to great to know that. That's that's a good insight. <laughs> yeah. a good yeah. little pit stop before we 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 power through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So where was I? Uh, almost started a podcast, um, mm -hmm. but yeah, kind of spent some time just like traveling and, and, um, kind of spending time with my family and moved back to Arizona for a little bit, um, which was, was great. Um, and yeah, I just kind of just reached out to a bunch of people I knew in the industry, um, and, and talked to different coaches and, um, kind of got some advice. I, I mean, I got coffee with Herb a couple times. Um, and, uh, so that, that was great. And that's where he, I mean, just, I, I'd always been a fan of him and following him on Twitter and, and all that stuff. So it was great to finally kind of like introduce myself and kind of build a little bit of a relationship there. And then, um, but yeah, I just knew I was going to figure it out somehow. And I, um, uh, luckily knew Trevor at Wisconsin. And so I was like, I just wanted to start working camps. So my initial plan was to work Wisconsin and then kind of go all over and, 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 and try and get, um, into a, a few camps that way. But, um, yeah, I think I was only supposed to work the Wisconsin camp for a week, maybe two. I can't really remember. Um, and then they were like, could you work another one? Could you work another one? And I was like, sure, sure. Like say less. Like I, I, I was a huge Wisconsin Badger fan growing up. Um, uh, my, my parents went there, um, and uh, like my cousins have all been there. And so I was a huge fan of the sports teams my whole life and loved Madison, um, took trips there numerous times. And um, so I was like, yeah, I'll spend time in, in Madison. Sure, coaching kids, it was great. Um, so I had a blast doing that and kind of cemented my love for being on deck and coaching. And um, I was like, yeah, it's just like a litmus test and then knowing this was the right move. And I even though it was a little scary at times, but yeah. So at the end, I kind of, I went up to Yuri, um, shout out to Yuri. I, uh, I was like, Hey, if you guys need a volunteer next year, like I'll be there. And, um, he called me, I think a week or two later and he kind of did a little bit of an interview. And then a couple days later offered me the job. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was an immediate yes. Or actually, I think I told him I, I need to talk to my parents because I made a habit of, uh, jumping into decisions with, without talking to my like loved ones <laughs> to make sure. So everything was good, but they were, yeah, it was, it was an easy decision on everybody's part. Um, but yeah. And then spent the year at Wisconsin, which was a true dream come true. Like I tried to go swim there and I just wasn't good enough. And um, so I was always kind of uh, like stuck a thorn in me for, for a while and then kind of getting going there and um, having a, an impact on that program um, was just, uh, yeah, it was just a blessing. And especially with that staff, like, and one of my best friends, Trevor, like it just, uh, yeah, you couldn't have asked for a better first stop. And um, yeah, now, now I'm here. I, I, I knew I was going to be gone after a year. I was like, I just, I just want to kind of broaden my horizons. And then the NCAA was like, Oh yeah, volunteers are no longer a thing. So you kind of have to pack your bags and figure it out um and so i was like here we go and um yeah got a call from margo one day and yeah the rest was history i was i was saying roll tide by the end of that one heck yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely yeah and uh 
one of my one of my teammates actually down there, Isabel Matisa. She's a she's yeah. a roll tie roll as well too. So I was yeah. just I got to get to see her every time uh, I'm back home and um, love me some Charlie Hawk, uh, yeah. Kenzie Mack, sweet as can be, yeah. absolute savage in the pool though. Dog. Um, <laughs> yeah, certified dog for sure. And uh, but yeah, no, I I appreciate you steering us through that, guiding us through that that journey and that process and. Um, that's really neat to hear about your connection and ties to Mass and Wisconsin. What the Swim Bros podcast seems to just be highlighting the entire entire city of of Madison, Wisconsin, and basically just openly praising uh, on, on the regular. Um, but it just seems like a lot of ties come back from from that place, and I've only I'm only hearing great things. And like you said, Yuri, such a a powerful individual, a uh, great individual as well. And uh, so neat to, you know, have that, that the teammate, the friendship start and St. Bonaventure with um, Trevor and yeah. uh, have that flourish even more in Wisconsin to meet Maddie Martins yeah. and uh, to have that kind of just explode. And, you know, like obviously things, I, I'm a big believer in things happening for a very specific way and a very specific reason. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the opportunity that you didn't get to be an athlete there, you really got to close, like, I feel like almost a more final chapter by being a coach there, by helping like swim camps, there, helping these younger kids, these younger generations and really like flourishing into this job where, uh, yeah, it seems like another obstacle of like, all right. And she's like, NCAA says no volunteer jobs. Well, now you're getting paid to do a coaching job. So that's, that's probably a lot better than uh, based on the, tre- the stories that Trevor's told me about his journey, yeah. um, sleeping on basement couches, got driving, being a pizza guy, mm-hmm. um, you know, unless it's planet pizza uh, from Toy <laughs> story. I mean, that's, that's gotta be the all time job, yeah. but um, you know, lands you there in title town. And um, I'm really eager to hear about like your time there at Alabama thus far and how the process of what you guys do, really elaborate. You know, Margo's a YMCA swimmer. Um, I have some background with YMCA too, and I actually swam on a team, uh, a team USA. Uh, I think it was the Pan American games uh, with Margo as well. So really cool to have that dynamic as an athlete and athlete, and then see her on deck also have the background and history we have, but, you know, coming down to Alabama, what's, what does your guys' week look like? What do you, do you guys split up groups? How's the start of your season go into and, and what does that really look like for you? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. Um, so yeah, obviously with, with the changes in the staff this year, um, I mean, it initially brought like obviously some challenges. I mean, it's just kind of, kind of the nature of our sport is it's always moving parts. Coaches are constantly changing and, and, um, so everybody's got those challenges. And I think this staff, Margot in particular with, with going through it all. And, um, but this staff as a whole has done a phenomenal job of kind of taking those hurdles and, and making them opportunities. Um, it, I don't know. I, I think if you talk to a lot of our athletes right now, they would feel pretty optimistic kind of where we're at as a program. Um, I just think all, all four of us new coaches just brought in a different perspective. Um, both like in and out of the water. Um, when I came into this place, I, I said in my my statement, um, when Margo gave me the job, I was, I was like, this place, like championships are not the goal, they're the expectation. Um, and 
And so I, I've just kind of kept that on my like radar in every decision I've made because like at the end of the day, I mean, every sport here at Alabama is fighting for championships. Um, and so there's no reason that swimming should not be in that conversation. Will it take some time? Yes. Will, are there hurdles right now? Yes. Um, but I've seen the cards here. I know what we're playing with. Um, and I think the rest of our staff's kind of realizing that too. And we're just, we're just super excited about kind of the state of Alabama swimming. Um, it's a new fresh start and, uh, yeah, we're, th things are rolling. Um, things are going great recruiting and, and, and now the, the swimming stuff has been, we've just split into groups. So we, we spent the first four or five weeks of the season primarily together. Um, we, we made a, a big focus on dry land, um, in the, in the beginning of the year. Um, so we hit about four dry lines a week, two lifts, and then kind of tapered it down. Um, and then started to get more into group focus, um, after we kind of hit that general fitness phase. Um, and, uh, yeah, so now we, 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 I mean, Margo being an elite level sprinter, um, she likes to have sprint in as many groups as possible. So we have sprint and we got mid sprint and then we got mid distance. So it's like distance doesn't even get its own group. It's like, nice. distance. Nice. Um, but yeah, so now we're, we're split up into those groups pretty much full time right now. And um, yeah, it's just, I don't know. I th one thing I love that Herbie talks about is specificity um, in your individual sports or uh, events and, and athletes, but also what they need specifically. And I mean, we, we take a, a very group mindset, like, but like we're individual groups, but we, um, we all work together so that instead of just two eyes on, on, all of these athletes in the sprint group. I mean, we have probably all of our coaches having some kind of input with every single group, which we love. Um, just more opinions, more, I mean, more ideas, bringing up new questions. Um, so we're, uh, you know, it's, it, it's a lot of creativity going on here. <laughs> some, some maybe not be good, but it, it's, uh, it's, it's going really well. No, that's awesome. And I think, you know, being a swimmer of Herbie and, you know, talking with Noah Hensley on our last episode that we had on the podcast, you know, I think regardless of that creativity, you know, there's, I talked to Herbie and I'm, I'm pretty like brutally honest sometimes there, I mean, there's some hits, there's a lot of big hits with Herbie, um, fortunately, and, you know, discussing some ideas off the podcast with Noah, like he has a lot of big hits too. And uh, we also talk about, you know, the ones that miss uh, some of the ideas are just, all right, well, we'll chalk that one up to not doing it again. That's, yeah. that's the, uh, that's the affirmation we're going to go forward. And that's the learning curve we had with that. But I think it's important because at least if you go through that, you know, before in my career, I used to think like, okay, if that, if this doesn't seem like it's likely to succeed or something, like we're just not going to try it. But maybe sometimes that opportunity, that road will give birth or give creation to something else. And, and even something that you may have never expected. Like Herbie has been uh, giving us these PVC pipes for kicking. Yeah. And I like got the first one. I'm not going to lie. Like I was like, this dude is off his rocker. Like, why are we bringing a PB? Like, what is this going to do for me? Yeah. And it's pretty much like reoriented how I move in the water, especially underwaters um, for dolphin kicks and every race and streamline glides. And it all just came from him being creative. And then today after practice, we talked about like this idea he has with it, this idea, and then like changing it. And then like stuff we do on buckets, like, because physiology and science tells us about this 
with weightlifters and how he's applying that to actual sports. Um, like you said, getting the specificity behind it. I think it's so important to have that creativity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, like you said, with those first couple weeks, um, Margo kind of splitting up the groups into always having that sprint oriented focus is ultimately like all of our events, unless you're in open water and out in the ocean or wherever they have open water events, I don't really know. Um, but everything in the, in our sport has to have some ounce and some semblance of acceleration and maximal output because the top end, I I mean, I I think like the record is like sub 14, 20 in a mile now at this point, I don't even know what mile times are, but I mean, other than the 500 or other than the mile, it's 500 and down. And that's only taken, we're, we gotta be closing on four minutes soon. Someone has to do it. Yeah. And uh, that's that's a lot of speed qualities. That's a lot of efficiency. So is that something that you guys focus on a lot of like from top down, from building up from day one? Or are you just hopping in and is it like, all right, we're going to go just kind of general scope, like 6K and then eventually narrow it down to groups at, from the start of the year? No, no. So like I think I- – I love the saying, I mean, it's kind of chalk, but like, keep it simple, stupid. Um, And so like, everything was like, from a, like, simple perspective, we weren't trying to change the wheel with our dry line, we weren't trying to change the wheel with our general fitness work, we weren't trying to change the wheel in our initial, like, uh, early season practices. But what we did was we did everything with a purpose. So like, for example, we don't just do a 400 flop. It's a 400 free feet past the flags. And then we progress more uh, underwater kicks off every wall. Love that. So get them started. All right. Carrying yourself off the wall, um, having a good body line, learning to rotate through that body line. How do we break out with our hips higher than our, than our head so that we're flat coming through the surface, not going straight up like just those little things. So like creating warmups to get those little reps early while also getting that that base under you, um, getting 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 the fitness level up early, um, so just stuff like that. It's like I don't, I think, and, and to your point, like having the kind of the, the sprint mindset, um, and I think that gets kind of a lot of things gets grouped into that. But I think the biggest thing is coaches such as Herbie and and, and big sprint coaches, they kind of just realize like if we just tailor everything back make everything like thought out, whether from, from every yard in practice, or at least most of the yards in practice, like it, it it's just going to give us a, a, the, the, the amount of improvement we can get in this, in these individual cycles and these, these kind of short seasons. I mean, realistically, like it, the body can't adapt that fast and, it, and it, it, it takes a long time and a lot of work, but I mean, the season goes by pretty, pretty dang quick. So if you can like get better reps throughout a 10 week cycle or, or an entire season every single time, I mean, it, it's just, it, you just have that much of improvement and with how fast swimming is getting now, you can't afford not to. So I think uh, that's, that's kind of what I think the physiology has really helped the sport in a lot of different ways and be, just making smarter decisions. But I think it's just, it, it's made the reps of our sport much more quality. Um, yeah, no, I, I think that's incredibly insightful and something that needs to be reiterated more and more and more is, you know, Bob has a saying that like, I mean, he pretty much has followed through every day of 
my, the, my life of knowing him and every practice really, it's just sustained systemic stress and mm-hmm. just repeating that, repeating that, repeating that, and just introducing the athlete to a stress. Um, sometimes with his workouts, that seems like a lot, um, <laughs> you know, sometimes it, it demands that, um, but make it sustainable mm-hmm. and make it systematic. And when you look at it, it's just, it makes sense. Like even Herbie talks about it, you know, like sometimes you look at his, at his workouts for Bob and, and you're like, how am I going to do this? And you're like, okay, well, it breaks down. It's like, that's the kick set. Okay. Now with warm up, now we're like 2,500 already. Then a pool set. Okay. Now we're like 35 or four. And then the main set, like 1,500 to three, like, and then that adds up at the end of it to this number that you see at the bottom of the paper. And you're like, wow, I don't know how, like how that's even possible. But each time it's like, all right, I've, drain my legs now we're going pulling now we're going to the set it just kind of adds up in that systematic way and adding those days time and time again um it kind of goes back onto like bounces to another end of the spectrum like what you talked about of you know if we can do those intentional things a little bit better every day is something that i think like herbie always talks about is you know some of the practices at the start of the season i'm like uh like okay 250s and like 225s like two rounds of that like maximal output like yeah that's demanding but i was like i i feel like i'm capable i can do more um right now but it's like all right like do this really well the next week we're gonna do more and then the next week after that we're gonna do more like there's there's you keep stacking those adaptations and stacking those principles but one if you're not doing it well at the start you're not going to do it well at levels two three four five six seven and so on and and what you said about the days the seasons it's always amazing. I mean, I just saw it the other day and I knew it was coming because I even said it. And on the bottom of our paper, sometimes I'll put like 200 days till blah, blah, blah. And it was like 200 days till NCAAs. And we don't do it every day. Um, but like, I think it was last week, it was like 186 days. And I was like two weeks, like already, already off, already chipped away. And so as a coach, like, how do you manage that? Like, is there stress behind creating a schedule for, especially for college athletes where, it's not a full year. Yeah, you want to retain athletes in the summer, but for a college coach, is it stressful? Is it invigorating? Is it a combination of those? But how do you organize and orchestrate that that condensed amount of time, which seems like a lot, and ultimately it is like 200 plus days, but you and I both know when it starts on day one, January sneaks up real quick, and then after that, you're rolling into March, and you, you better have your preparations in, in place, and you better have the work done beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, when it comes to, I don't know. One thing I love that Margot talks about is like, yeah, you can have a plan. Um, I mean, what, what did Mike Tyson say? What was that quote? It was like, everybody everyone has, everyone has a plan until you get punched in the face. Yeah. 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 So it's kind of like, you got to always have like the bones. You, you like, you got to know kind of where you're going, how you're planning to get there, but then just, life will throw curveball after curveball at you. Um, and so I think Margot likes to take it like, I mean, everything from a day by day perspective, week by week, month, year. I mean, that's one thing we reiterated, reiterated with our, with our athletes is when the day, when the week, when the month, when the year. Um, and so if you have that kind of perspective where like, okay, we, we know that this macro cycle is going to be from here to here. All right. We're going to have a shorter one here. And then we're going to kind of transition into whatever, um, like got to have that. And so that's, that's kind of what, like, we like to kind of have that understanding. And then 
just really focus. Okay, how are we going to do this week? And then go back. So we kind of do it in reverse and then keep each day in front of us. Keep it raw, especially in the sprint group. Like we're just, I mean, <laughs> we're, 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 Margo and I talk about like what like fun stuff could we do to kind of just get them engaged. So probably just as much as what we're going to do on our, on our kind of max speed days. I mean, it's just like, it, you got to have those kind of things. It's that at the end of the day, it's we're, we're swimming. Like this is fun. I tell it to my athletes all the time. I'm like, yeah. Dude, like you're gonna be, <laughs> you're gonna be sitting at your desk job. It's gonna be four thirty, and all you want to do is go home. Your 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 manager puts a stack of work on your desk, and you're just be like, "Dang, I wish I could wake up to go to five a.m. practice with my boys." Uh, oh. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. I, I got to keep it light, but yeah, just taking everything day by day, staying in the moment, appreciate it, but just have the bones of 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 kind of your plan, and and just be bought in. Like if you're if you have the athletes and your staff and and I mean yourself, like mentally or your bought in your inside your own head, like you can do some special things. Um, it's just kind of I don't know. I, I don't like to get caught up in the what are we gonna do versus how we're gonna do it. Um, so it's if you if you're doing things with the right intention, um, probably it's probably gonna work unless you're just swimming backwards. Um, but I don't know. yeah, we like to go about it. Yeah, no, I, I think there's uh, one of the, I think the best maxim, maxims or phrases, sayings I've ever seen is, you know, like, and it really takes a lot of reflection is once you know your why, you can solve any how. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important, especially for athletes, as you, you know, start to get into these more elite levels to really examine that. And especially like for swimming, like we don't have professional swimming league uh, right now. And maybe hopefully, maybe hopefully it can in the future. But, you know, it, it it really is just like very intrinsic. Like there's not the extrinsic level, obviously, like Olympic out aspirations, Olympic medals. But that only takes you so far. And I think Margo would like attest to that as well. Like there's a there's another side to the coin. Like even yourself, like we, we listed off the accolades, like super successful college career and the aspects, I mean, you just kind of rolled through that. And the aspects that you really talked about were like the camps, like coaching the kids, the joy you had connecting back with Wisconsin and then being in this position after you had taken another job route and really coming back into this passion that you'd had, but you needed a breakaway. I love that you actually kind of didn't just charge right into coaching, but you actually took time to kind of disconnect and and move away from it. So I believe that when you came back into this scene in any regard, volunteer, assistant, club, college, I think you probably have a deeper affinity and deeper appreciation for it, unless I'm incorrect. No, you're, you're 1000% correct. I mean, this is a funny story. This happened, uh, one of my first few weeks here, probably like the second or third week I was here full time on campus and, uh, I was out in our outdoor facility, um, which is gorgeous spot um but they uh i'm doing like i think it was like a 10 minute whistle kick i don't know we were just like doing some general fitness stuff like nothing crazy so um had them going but like on that i like blast edm music and get them hyped like mess with them on the whistle and like just like mess with them the whole time and it's a good time but we had that going and it was a great time. Like the water aerobics people, like, I don't know if people follow me on Instagram. Like I'm, I'm posting like these six year olds, just like, like loving, like the, the vibes of, of on, on the deck. Awesome, and 
I'm just like, dude, this is just so, so fun. And um, some guy that he, I saw him this morning, he, he, he swims at open swim every morning. And uh, he, he, he gets out and he's like, Hey, so you're the, you're the swim coach here. And I was like, yeah. And he's all like, Oh, cool. Ask me a couple of questions about the, the program and the state of everything. And I was like, yeah, just answering his questions. And then he goes, oh, they pay you to do this. And I was like, can you believe it? <laughs> crazy, crazy concept. I was like, what a life. Um, but yeah, no, I just, I don't know when you, I didn't really hate my old job as much as I just knew it wasn't for me. And like, but there were some dog days in there and like, I just, I kind of think back on those days and I'm just like, when I'm here, I mean, working, working late, like trying to write practice or come up with different plans for the year or itineraries or whatever it is. Like, I'm just like, dude, like this is, it, it doesn't feel like work. Did, did you ever play uh, the Xbox um, or I guess it was PS3 or two or whatever it was. Uh, uh, EA, uh, what is it called? Uh, NCAA 14. Um, no, I, I never, I was never like really a big, like college football guy until okay. a little bit this year, but yeah. like, I never really, I never really got into it. Okay. So that was like, like I spent way too much time in my childhood. That's probably why I got horrible grades in, in high school. Fair uh, enough. But, uh, I played that game a ton, but there was like road to glory where you like play as an athlete in dynasty mode. So like road to glory, you play as an athlete, dynasty mode, you play as a coach. Bro, I used to spend hours, hours being a coach. And like, you can literally recruit. You can like see all okay. their like stats. You can like travel. You can simulate phone calls. Like, and I, I, I didn't really think about it much getting into this career, but I was like, probably a few months ago, I was like, dude, I used to like recruit fake athletes yeah. for hours. And then I go play the game, simulate everything, like the, like the rest of the week and the games. And then I go back and, and recruit and like do all that. So it was just like, so a lot of times it feels like a video game when I'm doing this job. So I don't know, you kind of just have those mental shifts and um, yeah, it's uh, you, you realize how lucky you, you, you got it in those types of moments. Yeah. That's a, uh, that's a lot of long game vision right there. <laughs> right. Train those reps. Those reps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get the reps in recruiting Hingle McCringleberry and then see him work on the field. <laughs> Um, wow, I don't know if everybody gets that reference. Yeah, I'll think this audience, I, this audience, I really Actually, hope understands right. it. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, but you know, that's that's crazy. I had no and no idea that that was the, the like as far as you could take that on two different roads. Like yeah. my brother and I, since we're here, my brother and I, I was a PlayStation uh, guy growing up. I never never once like unless I was at a friend's house, never once touched Xbox. Uh, yeah. If that if that starts a feud, um, then what? So have you? So have you? <laughs> um but we played fifa and we always had these because my brother's uh, nine years older than me we always had these like very outdated versions of everything for when i was playing them so it was like madden 2004 madden 2005 which uh sorry blockbuster we actually returned the 2004 in the 2005 case but um they're obviously bankrupt now so if that was our fault sorry but that's how it goes that's how it goes and you got to keep the best madden game of all time but one of the FIFAs we had that year was 2005 and we were like, let's just do the dynasty mode or whatever it was. And we were this, some like one star team, the Celtics are, we named our manager, Ron Gooby. I don't even know where that name came from. Um, if that was created or, yeah. Um, but it's what I remember. And uh, yeah, it was like fun to like 
build the team, create it, improve the team, improve the players, like train them, run the simulations and everything, which is crazy. Cause then when you actually get in that spot, you're like, okay, now this is for real. I'm getting paid for this. I get to do this. It's like all these get to get to get to, and you never stop to be like, Oh man, I have to do this today. And, and the other job, you know, you said there are some dog days where it's, it's hard. And, and obviously as a coach, there's a lot of, a lot of challenges too, and a lot of obstacles, but you know, we've been talking for 40 plus minutes now and there's never been a have to that you, that you've mentioned. That's always been get to and the opportunities that have come. And I think, you know, people only get into coaching uh, because it's, you know, kind of inversely rewarding. You get to see other people succeed. Mm-hmm. And whenever I talk to coaches, the most nerve wracking day is always race day in mm-hmm. some regards, because, and, and I'll, especially as I get to the more elite levels, it's not because of disbelief in their athletes. It's, it's the inability to actually do anything else at that point. <laughs> yeah. You're literally just like, all right, here's my son or daughter, like going off to do this thing. Now that we prepared for, I hope it, hope they do everything that we've worked on every day. And that's, that's gotta be challenging. And, and, you know, in that environment where it's great energy, great vibes, DJ Mikey white on the, on the set. Um, and you, you talked about that expectation level that you had going uh, into there, you know, like titles are an expectation here, not like anything else. What's that like being in that, you know, that athletic environment? Um, I guess sidebar before you go into that, have you met Nick Saban yet? I've seen him. I walk next to his car. He drives a new Mercedes to work like every day. He's got like three that he goes through and it's some guy that drives him to work and he parks diagonal. So nobody parks next to him and power uh, move. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, real power move. Uh, nice. Saban. But he drove a Ferrari for Texas weekend. So yeah, he, that, he pulled mm, out stops. It didn't, didn't, work out, but, didn't, uh, didn't work out too well. <laughs> um, Texas back question mark. Maybe, yeah. maybe. Um, <laughs> But, you know, like with Nick Saban, like even it's crazy, like even looking at the season this year, like the down year is when they're not routing top five teams by like, yeah, yeah, it's like, oh, man, they lost to number five. It's like, yeah, yeah horrible. Like, I, obviously, you always want to win the games. But is that kind of the expectation because of the football team, like across all athletics like i know the basketball team has had some pretty successful years and across the last decade and across the last half a decade too yeah yeah no i mean we that was one i was actually kind of worried coming here a little bit about like was football just going to take precedent and everything um which in a way like it it, kind of does like they give them a lot of attention because i mean they're paying the bill like like we and i totally respect that. And, um, like we have a lot of what we have because of them. So, um, but the, like our Greg Byrne, our, our AD, um, has just done a phenomenal job of giving the proper support to every single program on campus. Um, you, you see it in everything that we do. Um, so that, I mean, that, that was like a, something that I didn't, don't even have to worry about anymore. Um, but one thing I did see in the beginning of the year, um, that we've kind of honed in on, on our athletes now, um, I think it's Devonte Smith, I believe wide receiver won the Heisman uh, three or four years ago. He, he talked about, um, the level of expectation, they call it the, the Bama standard. Um, and you, you, I've kind of seen it more and more as I've kind of been around. And so we, we try to preach that in everything that we do, um, like the, the Bama standard is, I mean, it, it, 
like Nick Saban talks about it, like always doing your job. Um, and I mean, that, that starts with, I mean, here, taking care of yourself in and out of the water, taking care of your academics, um, but then showing up here and um, holding holding yourself to the Bama standard. That's doing the right things to, to not only help your teammates, but also help yourself uh, be be successful. And so that, that, that is one thing that it just bleeds over from every other program. I mean, we got softball winning championships. We got soccer winning championships. We got football. We got basketball being the number one seed in, in the, uh, the NCAA tournament last year. I mean, baseball makes it to the World Series. Dang near wins the thing with a brand new coach. Like, it's, it's, it's all around. And that's why kind of in the beginning of the podcast, I was like, they, like we, we, have no, we have no choice. And that feels pretty good in my eyes as a hyper competitive, like coach, like, like we we're, we're just expected to be there. And I mean, we've been, I mean, Alabama with the swimming wise has been, I mean, we're, we're, I think we've averaged 11th on the guy side in the NCAA the last 10 years, the girls in the last five have averaged ninth. Like, so it's, it's, I mean, and there's been a lot of change in the last 10 years. Um, so it's like, that Bama standard holds true to whoever's here. You just gotta, you just gotta try to keep up. Um, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's pretty special and it's, it's fun to be around and it, it makes it, makes it fun to come to work every day. Yeah. Very, very evidently. And I can imagine that's uh, you know, that the competitiveness, a lot of athletes can resonate with that, you know, like not everyone can um, I've definitely learned in especially like the last five years of my career in life is just, you know, some people are just like so locked into their process and like what they need to do. It's not really about like the competitiveness. It's just about being the best person they can be. But I really thrive in that competitive environment. I, I really like that a lot. And you know that something I've learned a lot coming to ASU with uh, Bob is just how important like a standard of excellence is. And mm -hmm. it sounds like at Alabama, um, this I didn't expect anything else, um, obviously. <laughs> Uh, with like, you know, talking to well, one of my the biggest, probably the biggest, most potent influences in my last year in my life recently uh, being Roman Willits, uh, another previous coach of Alabama last last two years until this year. Um, he would always, and, you know, just saying like Titletown, like Titletown, USA, just like ingraining that just the simple, like subliminal, subconscious mentioning of that. It's like, dang, like we. We only associate, I mean, I only associate titles with like surnames, like Mr. Mrs. Ma'am, Sir, or like winning trophies. Like those are the two things. And those are two very professional and very serious things for anything, whether it's life or achievement. And it's just that standard of excellence. You know, I think we are obviously the most important thing to, no, I won't say even the most important thing, but a lot of the time, the thing that we look at the most when we see these achievements or these levels of excellence is the peak, the ceiling the 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 absolute top point of winning the national championship mm -hmm. and you know something that another you know sec school that we saw um and and i guess it would be recently yeah that netflix documentary swamp kings like i loved it because the last 10 minutes would be like oh we won the championship but it was like all this other stuff all this grit all this dirt all this just all this work that went into this process and all the other things that you like you talked about already too of it's really what's going to go wrong it's everything's not going to be perfect it's what are these intangible stressors external factors that are going to go into you know who's going to get injured who might get sick who's going to get flu or who's going to 
know Callie Badron talked about who's like who's got diarrhea the the the, the day of the meet like who's gonna get sick whatever it is like those are the unexpected things but I've always been raised on and and taught to you know expect the best but prepare for the worst mm-hmm. and I think by doing that that's and really when I lean into that that's what has helped a lot but you know especially in Alabama you know hearing all these other sports like you going through the list like softball soccer basketball football like swimming like the the ability I, I don't think people really appreciate like how hard it is to maintain consistency across all those sports but even for like Alabama swimming to get like average like ninth for the women and 11th for the men like that's a 10th that's a 10 average obviously for those yeah. mathematicians out there <laughs> over over a decade of time yeah, yeah over a decade of time and to be like the 10th in the top 10 of the programs in the United States of America, ultimately in the world, because of the NCAA circuit, yeah. to be the t- like within that, t- that percentage, that that standard deviation of athletes and programs and schools repeatedly is so hard. It's so hard, especially when you have turnover from coaches and stuff like that. With with Reed Bujan leaving as well too, like two great two great coaches, two great individuals as well, and it's just in- incredible, you know, talking with Roman too, just to, to hear your insights on that, that level of excellence and, and the culture, you know, talking, hearing about it first in St. Bonaventure. And then now getting into, you know, I think there's, there's different, we talked about already, there's different levels. So from St. Bonaventure culture, we heard about, and then taking it to Alabama, you know, what is one thing that you're really trying to hone in on or pinpoint to implement into the culture of Alabama swimming, you know, for the men's or the women's of, you know, what is the, one of the main points that you're trying to put in place and really amplify to help elevate the program to another, another level, the next level and, and just improve as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, great question. Um, yeah. So, I mean, walking in here, I mean, it, it, it was a phenomenal culture. Um, I mean, the, the, the athletes are, I mean, they, the, the they're very all competitive on and trying to be, I mean, top of the SEC and, and top in the NCAA is, and we've got people fighting for Olympic teams and, and stuff like that. But I think the one thing that St. Bonaventure did really, really well and shout out again to Sean McNamee, there was a level of accountability across the entire team that was unmatched. Um, it was, the team ran the team. The, I mean, he was, he was a head coach for 25 years by himself. He didn't have assistants He had managers. And then the seniors were like the assistant coaches, if you will. Um, and so like there needed to be a level of accountability or else we weren't going to be successful. So it, it kind of taught a lot of young men um, for 25 years. I mean, even beyond that, but especially in max time, like, what it meant to, I mean, A, do your job for the betterment of yourself, but also most importantly, do your job for the betterment, betterment of the program. Um, carrying yourself a certain way, acting a certain way, or going to class, um, getting involved in the community, and I mean, doing everything you need to do to be successful at, at, the, end of these, at the end of the season. And so that, that is something that, I mean, it, it helped me just... <laughs> in my development as a young man, but also, um, I mean, it kind of taught me a lot of lessons on 
on things I hope to pass along to my my swimmers over my career um, because that's why I got this job. Like I got in to work with really good people and have an impact on young individuals. Those were my two my two uh, I don't know focal points um, in what I was going to do in this job. And so I think if you if you can teach athletes to kind of have some self accountability both in and out of the water you're going to have a successful program. I mean, it, it's, it's inevitable. Um, so that, that was the biggest thing I kind of took away from my experience there, but, um, that's hope. That's what I, I, I plan to bring to, uh, to this program and, um, continue to fight for championships. That's awesome. That's incredible. I, I, I mean, I, I, again, I don't think people can, uh, as someone who's gone through the college circuit now and who's gone through a lot of development as well, a lot of upbringing and, I'm very, I'm very grateful for the individuals that I've gotten to surround myself with and the people that have influenced my life as well. And to hear that those, you know, those, some of those intangible things, the things that aren't directly, yeah, I hope to come in here and, and create this crazy cool swim set. Like, yeah. no, that's, that's, that's important at some level, but that's not what's always going to move the needle. It's how can I, all right. As like being Mike here, like I see Grant is struggling today. Like Grant is not having a good day. Like body language low, morale low, very quiet if he's a social person. How can I like extract the best version out of Grant today to make him even produce a better result for the practice he's probably about to have or incentivize him or encourage him to be a better version of himself? Like those are like the wins that I think like coaches have. And as my experience is, giving private lessons, working and coaching and my internships. Like when I went and saw the, the athletes that I coach for baseball play the game, finally, like I trained them in strength and conditioning. But when I saw them in the game, I was like crazy, crazy baseball dad out there. I was <laughs> pumped. I was like, what's going on? Like, what do you, why'd you drop that ball? Like, obviously didn't mean to drop the ball. Like you just, it's just, you see all those intangible aspects that are more than just hitting, moving weights, swimming, flip turns. And I think that's so incredible to hear. And one thing that one of the biggest influences I've ever had in my life as well, um, I met in high school, met a little bit before high school, but Jim Brower at St. Xavier High School uh, had spent some time with Cincinnati Marlins as well. But St. Xavier High School, he's a math teacher as well there, um, but swim coach, former head coach. And just, I can't say enough great things about the individual, but the man has been through a lot of adversity, especially in the last and last time frame of his life. And the thing that he would always say it very simply, like you said, the, the simple things, not trying to reinvent the wheel. If you look like a duck, you act like a duck and you quack like a duck, you're probably a duck. And at first I was like, this dude is absolutely in another dimension right now. And, but really what it's like, if you act like a champion, if you work like a champion, if you have the mindset of like a champion, you're going to exude champion aspects and you're going to pursue that path. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's really like the tone of the frequency of what I'm hearing from you, especially across all of the program there. But really your goal of it is really instilling these principles like at St. Bonaventure, like when you take responsibility, when you have accountability, when you have ownership over your own career, you're going to feel more empowered. You're mm -hmm. going to, when you, when you start, mimicking these these traits these characteristics the rest of it like takes care of itself it's 
it's it's so impactful and and it, and it's really really cool to hear that from the athlete side of it you know going through that learning that um in your experience and then now giving back to the athletes it has to be so cool yeah can't beat it man can't beat it <laughs> love it love to hear it well we're going to transition from that absolute bar uh <laughs> into quack like a duck absolute bar we're gonna we're gonna transition into our three three of our best segments ever three of the best segments in all of podcasting some people are saying sources are telling me matt martinez was actually just on the phone with me the other day and he's like dude people are blowing up about hot takes and kirk cousins and i was like well it works out yeah trevor's a trevor's a vikings fan tough stuff lately for him but um here we go we're gonna go into it so folks i didn't give mike a heads up on these that's on me i'm gonna take ownership on that and yeah. so i'm gonna lead with all of these give mike a little bit of time to get the juices flowing get the uh get the brain get the brain going on what really what really grinds his gears lately but one of my my first hot takes is and this i don't know if this is kosher to really say but swimming needs better oh, yes Okay, and I think if we're talking about entertainment value right now, the people at the top are adding, and I I'm not trying to like bash on anyone who swims these events. Like, good for you if you can. I guess mm -hmm. it's way fun and more fun. But like they're they're worried about adding the 800 meter, the mile, and all these longer events that they're not even showing the entire race at the Olympic Games or World Championships yeah. for. And we need to be adding more entertainment factors, more excitement, more energy, not just for the swimmers, but for like the sake of our sport. And so if we're looking at entertainment factors and things that are going to engage viewers, you know, like the CEO of Kyle's like the CEO of swimming, Kyle Sockwell, like he's he's taking it to, I think, a stream now. I don't really understand all of what that's going to entail, but yeah. he's trying to take it to new levels. And it basically comes down to engagement, viewership and interactions. And if we're trying to drive that, we want the most exciting events, 50s a stroke, 50 free, 4 by 50 freestyle, 4 by 50 medley. We need those in the Olympics and World Championships. World Championships already have the 50s. And we need ways to bring people, put butts in seats. Because right now, at ASU, love the school to death. We have the swim. I don't know if this is the same in Alabama or if this is the same unanimously. But swimming doesn't charge anything for tickets. And my first comment is, oh, how much do I have to pay for a ticket? I'm like, dude, you literally just show up and walk through a door. They don't even sell tickets. Yeah. And that's the thing that people just don't understand is we see football, obviously, the stadium. But filling that and getting the excitement, I think that's an easy way to encourage engagement, have some literal and obviously literal, but figurative investment into the account and into the event of swimming and into the sport. But also just like make you more interesting, like oh, the, like why would I why would I invest time? It's like well, we do it with horse racing, we do it with college basketball, we do it with college football already. Like it's pretty much everywhere, even though the NCAA doesn't always want to say it. But yeah. I think it's a way that could increase engagement, like at, at some level, like at least start the ball rolling in a new way than just. All right, we'll just wait until they add 50s to the Olympic Games. Hopefully, one day in 25 years, like, yeah. no, there has to be like some preliminary steps before that. So, that's that's my hot take. I I think I can't believe like that's not happening more often, or someone isn't like, here's the swim sports book, and like just opens it, and only swimmers really like know about it or the swim community until yeah. it gets bigger and bigger. But 
Yeah, I don't know. That's 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 one thing that I've thought is wild. Is it more prevalent? Like, or each individual sport doesn't have like their own aspect of that because the people who love the sport know all about it and they would love to do that. They would love to do that because they they're invested and they know they know the stats, the data, the history, the people. So that's that's my hot take. Do, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah. So I have to be careful here because <laughs> we, we had yeah. like three. I'm out of the disclaimer. I'm out of the NCAA. <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have to be careful here. Our university just set us all down numerous times and talked about there's no place for sports gambling in college athletics, which I agree. In, in college athletics. Yeah, this yeah, is college athletics. Also, also disclaimer I should have led with this. This is, of course, outside of all college athletes. Yeah. We would we would never, never promote that on the podcast. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I, I don't know. I've had this take about the sport for a long time. Um, and like, and it started with media too. Like, I honestly, like, I, I love what a lot of these podcasts, Kyle, Brett Hawk and the, and the swim fan podcast. And like, I love the growth in the media. Okay. People are learning about it. People are knowing about what's going on in the, in the swimming world. I mean, we're, they're, we're, we're getting smarter as a sport because people like some coaches always talk to everybody about what they're doing. Like, it's just, we're, we're, we're super open about it. Now it's online. Now it's everywhere. But the thing that drove me nuts for a long time with swimming was the interviews were very often always the same. What were you thinking when you did that time that one time? And it was just like, it's, it's great. we got to get the facts out there. we got to learn about what they were thinking. But like we got to spice in it up a little bit. And that was kind of when I was thinking about doing a podcast. I was like, 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 like the part of my cakes of the world. And like, yeah, there's, it's, it's a little like it's a little uh, like aggressive, um, but it's also like we need to have that kind of fun, that kind of that mindset of uh, like like promoting this in a fun environment. Um, and like it's not just like what did so and so do? It's like, let's get some hype. Let's get some controversy around it. Like, I don't know, like when, when there's summer feud, Twitter blows up, people oh, yeah. go nuts. And it's like, it's just the nature of human beings. So I, 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 I agree with the, with the take. I think there needs to be stuff more like that. Um, but also like just the sport in general, just needs a little bit more of an edge, which leads me to my take. Ooh. Sign me up. Um, and I had this when ISL was first getting started. And I remember they tweeted out, like, what could ISL do to, to promote the league? And my, <laughs> my biggest idea was, which, shout out to PFT, uh, Go. To, listening to your guys' podcast when he said, you got to make the water red. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, I actually um, <laughs> I said that swimming needs fighting. Um, and like i don't know if we have any hockey fans here i'm not like a huge hockey guy but um yeah maybe don't clip this part but they like could this you is going everywhere could you imagine like caleb dressel and florent manadu like getting out and like duking it out because of like whatever reason like i'm not saying this is the right take i'm not saying i completely agree with this but also like that would be electric um and oh, yeah. so maybe not like my truest hottest take but also like there needs to be stuff to 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 add some edge to the sport and that was my idea like 
10 years ago or whatever it was. <laughs> no, I think I I don't know if you can have a more hot take than <laughs> swimming. It probably get me fired, but here, yeah, we're a, here for a, the views. A predominant, a predominantly uh, country club, non-confrontational, non no physical aspect to yeah. it. Like I was thinking about it when you were like going into it, like swimming, like you were kind of leading into. It. I was like, yeah, like sometimes I just want to see, I just want to see someone lob a haymaker like across the lane line. I was like, I know I'm. If there's sometimes after the race where I look at the guy that beat me, I'm like, man, I just want to sucker punch you right in the face. Like everyone doesn't like losing. Like we've all been there. We're going to be adults here. I'm going to admit that. Like, do I do it? No. Do I say a couple like words under my breath? Yeah. Like that, that's real. But would I, would I ever fight someone? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't thus far, but there's been some times when you want to. You want to. I remember one time there was, um, oh my gosh, this was hilarious. I, I won't say the, the swimmer's name, um, but in recent history, which doesn't take much for U of A, but there was a U of A swimmer that we just, it was the start of the crumble of them and the ascension of us. And I think it was, it was at home, it was at Tempe, and we had just beat them. And I think I swam the 500 that meet because they needed me to beat them. And I swam the 200. And then we beat their relay and he wasn't, he was only on the last relay mm-hmm. and we beat them again. And like, it just starts raining down like, ASU, A- like go devils. And he just gets out and he just starts screaming at the top of his lungs. He's just like, see you at PAX, see you at PAX. And I'm like in the water still listening to this. I'm like, this is hilarious. Like wow. someone needs to be filming this right now. This is awesome. And obviously, like nothing came of it, um, yeah. other than us beating them at PAX. <laughs> but it's it was I was like, that's what's that's that's the fire that we need, and that's why like I always like I mean I typically do like if I have a good thing for the team or myself, like throw a little silly out there, like get yeah. some pizzazz, like yeah. and make it make it enjoyable. So I love that hot take. Um, I don't know if I can be the first one to break into that, um, but. <laughs> I'll start maybe like implementing one training day a week of like a, of a UFC, like MMA class. And then we'll see where, we'll see where it goes. I don't, I don't know what it's going to be, but I'm sure, Herb could, uh, I'm sure Herb could drop some for sure. Yeah. Yeah. We already, we already do like handstands and, and tuck jumps and all that stuff. So maybe some, some right jabs, left jabs, just working on the shoulder rotation. I'm sure yeah. there's, there's something in there that he's got to be able to cook up. So I'm sure. Oh my gosh. What if there was like coaching fights too? I'm sure there's. Oh my god, like, dude! Like, don't electric. Even, yeah, Trevor. Trevor would be all about that. He's a he likes to box. <laughs> I always joked with him. I was like, "Why would you pay to go get your face punched when?" Because I lived with him last year. I was like, "I'll do it for free, if you yeah. want." And, uh, yeah, yeah. There we go. <laughs> Man, I would, I would, I would love to see that. Uh, Trevor made a mano a mano with Austin Palado now, <laughs> now at ASU. I just watched this man. I don't even know what the quick add up on it is, but at least over 300 pounds back squat. Yeah, just at least over 300 pounds back squatting. And uh, I think he said he was sitting at like 220. So I was like, this guy's got some power. And uh, just see those two just slug it out over a disqualification. That would be epic. Epic. So. But uh, this 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 podcast doesn't encourage violence yeah. Yeah. To, um, on the on the daily basis. Only when in self defense or 
or merited. Yeah, or, but, or gambling. Call one eight hundred gambling. Yeah, yeah. I guess there we go as well too. We're hitting all the all the hotlines as this one. Um, next is lane lines. So great hot take segment. Um, I think the you like that segment is going to be electric. So I might get a call from Kirk Cousins on the you like that. Um, but lane lines for me, I've been hitting a bunch of TV shows, a bunch of that lately. Um, I just finished this book and I don't know if I've given a lane line rating on it yet, but I just finished this book called the waterman. It was actually given to me by my, I don't even know how to phrase this, but it would be my ex brother-in-law's mother. Hmm. Uh, I think I nailed that exactly, but it was given to me from her and it basically gives a super in-depth image and visualization and timeline of American swimming. Uh, The star of the show, Charlie Daniels Mm -hmm. basically became the first guy to revolutionize like American swimming because no one gave a a care in the world about it. And it was like in 18, like the end of like 1890s, and then into like early 19, like 1905, 1902. And just basically was the first guy to ever like take on the British empire, like the British armada with like swimming and Australia as well. And just absolute dog just took it to him. Just all like starting out super like adverse beginning walking. Like I think it was like two miles in the snow in New York to go to the New York athletic club, which he like snuck into uh, to get his first reps in. But crazy cool story, great book. Um, probably if you're not in, in, interested in swimming, not very interesting at all. But as a swimmer, as a swimming podcast, uh, it was very, very engaging, um, very like identifying with the, the hero epic journey there. And I'll give it a 9.2 out of 10. Um, I loved it. There were some dry spots, but every time you get further into the book, you're like, I needed that background information. I needed that to appreciate this now, which is a deeper life metaphor for, yeah. for everyone, but I'm going to give it a 9.2 out of 10 lane lines. It's called the waterman. I think anyone listening to this podcast would thoroughly enjoy that being a historian of swimming. Wow. Okay. I like it. I like it. Uh, my lane lines, I guess. So actually for breaking bad fans out there, I just, Ooh. I'm like halfway through it and very, first time? yeah, first time. So okay. I apologize to probably offended a lot of people for not watching that one. My girlfriend. I've never seen an episode. It's okay. I'll back you on this. All right. Okay. So, all right. I don't feel that bad now. That's it. From where I'm at now, I haven't even finished it. And I know the ending apparently is amazing. I don't even know what it is. No spoiler. But uh, I would give it, yeah, I'd probably go 9.2 lane lines. Like it's, <sighs> it's yeah. high. Like it's like the writing is just crazy. It's so good. Um, and I'm not even done with it yet. But, I'll go something a little bit less known. So there's a movie, and I'm, I hope I'm remembering it right. What 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 it's called? I'm pretty sure it's called Frequency. Okay. It's, it's old. It's old. Um, like probably 10, 15 years old. Um, so the I want I don't really want to spoil it too much because like the story, like I was like shook, like mouth, like jaw to the ground, like was what, like like one of those moments. Um, and so long, ha, ha, how it starts is, um, so there's a, there's a, there's a firefighter and I mean, he, uh, I'm trying to remember the actor's name, bigger, bigger actor, but he, uh, comes home to his family and, um, he had, he's like a big, he loves, um, these like type of radios, these old radios. 
And so he set up his house with like a big antenna and then he like talks to people on the radio, probably like truckers and stuff like that. So, um, that oh, was, it's, a, it's a newer movie, isn't it? Is it newer? I thought it was kind of older. Or like, go on. Sorry, I interrupted. That was, no, was like, there was, was one that involved radios recently that I was thinking. Oh, of. no, I think. I, yeah, there is another one. There's okay. Another. Continue on the antenna on the house. Yeah. So, and, and so that's kind of like where it happened. So, he goes to work one day um, and like he uh, like this doesn't really spoil the movie. It's fairly early in the morning. So he goes into a huge fire. He's like a hero. And um, but he ended up passing away. And so in, in the beginning of the movie, he has like his family, his wife and his son. And his son grows up like his, his the, the firefighter passes away when the kid's like eight or nine years old like he's young so he grows up and he become he, he stays in the house that the, his family like owned like it was there he stayed in that house he lives in that house to to this day um and he, he's a cop kind of depressed like breaks up with his girlfriend in the beginning like kind of all down in the dumps um kind of just going through old boxes and finds his dad's old radio and so he and, and this is kind of a spoiler, but it's going to set the stage. And so he turns it on. He's messing around. And all of a sudden, like, there's like lights in the sky, like northern lights. And it's like all voodoo-y and stuff, whatever. And all of a sudden, he starts talking to some guy. And he's he's talking to some random dude. The radio still works. Um, it's in like pristine condition still. He's talking to uh, some guy on the radio. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, like they kind of just talking. And then um, the next night, it, like the conversation gets a little weird. He's like, oh, that's cool. That's interesting. Like that's similar to my dad and I. Turns out somehow he's talking to his dad in the pool on the radio. And I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. Chills. I'll, yeah, I'll leave it at that. And um, my girlfriend recommended it to me. She's never... She's never uh, given me a bad recommendation in anything. Um, nice. And, uh, so from there, it's a whole crazy adventure from there. Yeah. Heck yeah, I gotta check that out now. I'm I'm frequency. I'm, frequency. All right, frequency. It's on the it's on the list, the, mm -hmm. the to do list now. So oh, wait, the lane lines, eight point nine lane lines. On wow. Lane. Okay, so we got a nine point two and an eight point nine. I was shook. Wow, this has got to be like the highest ratings we've ever had. We got a 9.2, 9.2, and an 8.9. That's wow. that's good stuff. Those are good stats. Those are good yeah. stats. Um, the last segment, Kirk Cousins' favorite. You mm -hmm. like that? Uh, mine's gonna stay in the NFL. Just nomenclature for the, the man himself, Kirk Cousins, because uh, I heard a quote today from Austin uh, from about Kirk Cousins, and I was just like, I gotta, I gotta keep it there. I got the podcast rolling with Mike later, so we just gotta keep it NFL. You like that? 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 Yeah. You like that? Monday Night Football, ugly win, but a win is a win, folks. And the Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Shiesty, they brought out the W. So we're on the board, one and two. Uh, I still don't know if I'm very optimistic about the season. Uh, they signed a backup quarterback another backup quarterback for joe's calf that is not healing for whatever reason i, yeah. I really don't i've never heard of a calf injury hurt like uh being this serious before but 
I guess it's it's really the the black plague to this man that just made two hundred seventy million dollars. But yeah. Uh, yeah, we got to win, so it's it's great. Or they got to win. I didn't. I I was just a participant, but uh, a viewer, if you may, not even a participant. But uh, it was great to see the Cincinnati Bengals win. So that was uh, that was glad. Long overdue. Uh, I thought they should have won a couple other games, but they've been playing atrociously. So as a Cincinnati sports fan, it's car for the course. Um, Red's giving us giving us a little hope before the all-star break this year and then just absolutely crushing it in, in classic Cincinnati sports fashion. I shouldn't have expected anything else, but uh, it was nice to get a win up on the Cincinnati sports uh, tally board. So that's my you like that for, for the week. Oh, man. Dude, I was hoping I could come up with – with something I was feeling good about. Um, so the premise, just so I'm correct. Is, uh, yeah, the pressure is on. Just so I'm correct. It's just something that I'm like, I'm liking right now or. Yeah. Something that fires you up in a positive way that you just, that you love. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's like, maybe like, like if, if like Nick Saban came into the, came into the room right now and was just like, Mike, you're my favorite coach. Like that'd be pretty freaking huge. That'd be, that'd be, that'd be sweet. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Is there anything in Alabama? Is there a restaurant that you've gone to? Is there like a local a local diner? Have you munched on some 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 powdered French toast? <laughs> like that. Even if it's a book or another thing. Like we already got a twofer in the lane line ratings. So you're already batting three for three here. Now this is just the extra innings hit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the the, the food in Alabama so far, especially Tuscaloosa that I've had is like pretty dang good. Um, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of options. I was I, I was not expecting this much options. Um, but oh man, I feel like I'm gonna give a boring, boring answer. Um, but I don't know. It's it's it, it's it's definitely chalk. But this was the, what first came to my mind when you asked this question, and I thought I didn't realize we were gonna get so like not serious for a while. Um, <laughs> but I'll just say my like that or whatever you like that is just kind of me getting to, to do this job. And you kind of, you talked about something early in the, in the beginning of the podcast of kind of like everything happens for a reason. Um, I quit my job. It was a, I mean, not to talk about my old job, but I mean, it was a very cushy salary, like did well, like had a, had a whole life. And I quit that job to, to follow this passion. Um, so never be afraid to take risks, never be afraid to take that one chance. You just feel is right. Um, I, for a long time, and I didn't know it was going to become a lesson in my life, but for a long time, I felt like I was going against the grain. And, um, if I can give one piece of advice to young coaches, young athletes, getting into new careers, whatever it is, like go with the grain follow the grain because I was going against the grain for three or four years. Um, just felt like I was doing these things for the wrong reasons. And, and it was way too hard to get some of the like, things that I was doing done. Like it just like, there was, it, there was too much effort needed. There was too much, like the grind wasn't because I wanted to grind. It was because I wanted the, the cookie at the end of the, the path or whatever. I don't even know. But, um, I just, if you, if you follow the grind or excuse me, follow the, go with the grind, good things will happen because you're, you're probably doing things for the right reason. 
um, which is exactly how I got here. And it's exactly how I'm going to continue the rest of my career. Wow. Wow. That was, I, <laughs> I did not expect that one. That was, <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to run all the way to title town now. Yeah, um, let's go. That was great. Uh, that was awesome. Uh, that was everything and more this segment could have asked for. Um, and that's, that's awesome. I think that's incredible. Um, you know, that was the hook. That's probably going to be the hook for this whole episode is, is really bringing that full circle for a lot of the lessons here. But I'm really glad that you, that you shared that sentiment, that vulnerability, and that you have that, that feeling and that emotion with the, the process of where your life's gone. And I, I think I see a lot of people, you know, I never got the sense from you, but a lot of swimmers, uh, because it's such a grueling sport, are really um, vengeful at the end of their their lives. Like, I did all this for what? Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes, like, it shows and materializes in so many different ways. Like, maybe it doesn't come until fatherhood. Maybe it doesn't come until you're a coach. Like, whatever it is, it does materialize. I think this sport does incredible things for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And um, just a wholesome just a wholesome way to end the, the podcast yeah. today. And I, I think Trevor had another wholesome one. So it's just been the hits keep coming with us, folks. That's right, the yeah. thing that you got to know. The Swim Bros podcast does not disappoint. Let's go. Let's just go. Week after week, episode after episode. So, Mike, thank you for exceeding expectations on this podcast. I was pumped to get to know you a little bit better. I'm stoked to meet you on the pool deck next time our, our paths cross. Yeah. And is there anywhere that that you want to have people reach out or follow you to get some more tunes on deck to get those, those EDM beats going with DJ Mikey white. Um, where can, where can the people follow, follow you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you can follow me on Instagram. I think it's M dubs 95 or something like that. I don't know. I got to work on that one. Uh, follow my coaching Twitter. I love Twitter, uh, or X, whatever it is. Uh, follow it. It's, uh, I think it's coach Mike white one or coach Michael white one, something like that. I can't remember. Um, I, uh, yeah, I, I love swim Twitter. Um, you can actually learn a lot. You follow the right accounts and the algorithm will, will, will teach you a lot. It's awesome. Um, but yeah, you can follow me there, uh, follow the, uh, the, the Alabama swim and dive Instagram as well. Trying to get World those tide, baby. followers up and, uh, but, um, yeah, no, if, uh, anybody wants to reach me, just shoot me a DM or, or something like that. Like uh, I'm always open to, to chatting and, and, uh, talking about the sport. Heck yeah. This guy's got great content uh, on the Twitter sphere, uh, the X sphere, whatever you want to call it. Like Mike said, I, I, I've seen it firsthand. I've engaged with it firsthand. And uh, I can uh, attest as well that, you know, once you tune out the noise, the, the algorithm or your, your, your circle definitely uh, shows up. You know, get guys like Mike, myself, Jack Little, Herbie, SH3. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a wealth of swimming knowledge there. I'd like, I'm just going to toot our own horns there. But, um, Mike, thank you so much for hopping on. This was great. I'm I'm excited to get this out and excited for people to listen to. And uh, for all the audience members, all the listeners, thank you. Hope you enjoyed. Please leave a five-star review. It really helps the podcast, helps me continue to get great guests like Mike on here and to sharing stories and to sharing his journey to allow the listeners and the entire swimming community to grow a lot more. So uh, thank you all for listening again and live life daily. Thank you. Thank you.